number 16. Turn with me quickly to John chapter number 16. Let's let no interruptions, no, no uh, distractions. This is really, really, really important. Uh, this, may, this may change your life today. This may change your life. I, I was in the conversation with the gentleman uh, this week I was telling you about. And, uh, and the conversation kind of went like probably 90%, 80, 80 to 90% of the conversations I have in counseling. And the questions asked me most of the time, uh, preacher, there's something wrong and I don't know what it is. Preacher, there's something wrong. I, I'm feeling something. There's something, there's something going on and, and, and I, I just, I don't know what it is. Or, or if you've, you're familiar with church, you've been going to church a little bit, and, and you're familiar with the Holy Spirit and how he operates, uh, it, it goes kind of like this. God is telling me something, or God is dealing with me, and I don't know what it is. So, but they're both saying the same thing. In other words, something's going on in my heart, but I, I don't know what it is. I go to church, and when the preacher's preaching, man, I feel like, I feel like my heart's doing jumping jacks on the inside, and I, I don't know what the problem is. I feel uneasy. I don't feel right. I, there's something going on. And, and preacher, I just don't know what it is. Well, the same conversation took place in, the, in the, little, the little booth we were sitting in. And I shared with him what I share with most of the people that come in that situation. I have, I have basically four questions that I ask. If there's a problem like this, if there's a situation like this where I just, don't, I just can't pinpoint it, preacher, I just don't know what it is. I know God's talking to me or, or I know there's a problem. But I just don't know what it is. We'll, we'll, we'll cover four questions. I'll say, I need to answer these questions because these may be the issues that God's dealing with you with. Does that make sense? Say amen. amen. Today, we're going to talk about this. Check up, checklist. Say it with me. Now, no guy, no guy, probably most ladies either, but no guy likes to go for a checkup. Say amen, men. Uh, uh, most guys are stubborn. Say amen, ladies. <laughs> we have issue with that. We don't like doctors. They wig us out. They got instruments. We don't, you know, come on now. Amen. Uh, you stay on that end of the room. I'll stay on this end of the room. Amen. amen. We don't like to do that. We have this attitude that if I just ignore it, it'll go away. I mean, we're hemorrhaging every morning, but I just ignore it. I just ignore it. Walking around, your arm hanging to the side with no feeling in it, been numb for three months, and your wife said, go to the doctor, you dummy. No, it'll be all right. I'll, it, it, I'll shake it off. It'll be all right. Well, I'm preaching the truth this morning, ain't I? Dying in pain. And my, wife, my wife's got to the point where she just says, you either go to the doctor or stop whining. One of the two. Amen. One of the two. But most of the time, most of the time, we don't, we don't want to go because I would rather it might be something than to know it's something. Because if I go to the doctor, he's going to tell me what it really is, and I might not really want to know what it really is. Amen? You know we do that in church all the time? Dr. Jesus comes into the room and he wants to talk to us. And we come to church to be changed. We don't come to church to have church. We don't come to church to, 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 to play a religious game. We don't come to church to be entertained. We come to church because we got issues that we need God to help us with. Amen? We come to church to be changed. Now let's look what Jesus says about this. 
In John chapter number 16, verse number 5, verse number 5, it says, But now I go my way. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. But now I go my way to him that sent me. And none of you asketh me, Whither goest thou? But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient. In other words, it's good. It's for your best interest. For you, it's good for you that I go away. Now, Jesus had already spent three years with these guys. They left their careers. They dropped everything to follow this man. And now he's leaving? What do you mean it's best for us that you go away? He said, if I go not away, the comforter will not come. That's the Holy Spirit. The comforter will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, say that with me, when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. The word reprove there means to convince. It was where we use our word convict. You see, a lot of times Christians use words that unchurched people don't know nothing about. You know, people that's never been in church their life, they, don't, they haven't learned to speak Christianese yet. And you say, boy, I'm under conviction. They said, did you get arrested? What, what's happened? What, you know, what, I don't, help, you know. Well, we've used this terminology all our life, so we just assume everybody knows what we're talking about. But when you say, boy, I was under conviction in the service today, what, what did that mean? Let's translate that. That means the Holy Spirit was trying to convince us of something. You see, when, let's pray. Lord, bless this service in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Here's the way this works. Here's the way this works. Y'all with me? Now, now, please pay attention. Don't let nothing distract you because this is, I'm telling you, this is, this is life-changing. The way the Holy Spirit works, Jesus came to save us. He died for us. He paid the price for us. He went back to glory, and he sent the Holy Spirit to convince us, to convict us, if you will. He needs to convince us of what the Word is saying. You see, when the preacher, when the preacher delivers the Word of God, he takes the Bible and says, thus saith the Lord. That feeling that you get in your chest, that feeling that you get in your heart, that uneasy feeling, that, 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 that butterfly feeling, that, that, that heart fluttering feeling that you get, uh, that is the Holy Spirit saying, that's right. When the preacher says, God said in chapter 1, of cha uh, verse number 3, this, this, and this, the Holy Spirit's driving it home, and he is backing him up saying, amen, that's right, that's right. That's conviction. That's that feeling that you get. That's that, that's that uneasy, anxious feeling. Uh, listen, I remember when God was dealing with me about salvation. My dad, my dad could have been preaching on the tabernacle, and I thought he was preaching on hell. Because the Holy Spirit was driving in my heart, you need to be saved. You need to be saved. And he was dealing with me. And we use the terminology, it means conviction. And people come to my office all the time. I don't know what's wrong with me. And the whole time, it's conviction. The whole time, the Holy Spirit's trying to do work in our heart. The whole time, the Holy Spirit's trying to accomplish a task in our heart because he knows there's a need here. You see, everybody that came in this room today, we all have different needs. We all, we all have different needs. Uh, everybody in here don't have a grudge. But there's some folks in here who's got a grudge. You've got unforgiveness in your heart because somebody hurt you somewhere along the line and you won't let that go. 
There's some folks in here committing adultery. Everybody's not committing adultery. Oh, amen. I, but there's some. There's some in here that's been lying. There, there's some in here that's got issues, and there's some in here that may be, may be uh, uh, treating their neighbor wrong, and, and there's some people in here that may have anger in their heart. But not all of us have it. But guess what? There's a thing about the Holy Ghost. He knows what yours is. And the reason we came here today is not to get our church on. It wasn't, it wasn't to be entertained by the choir. It wasn't, it wasn't so we could leave in the checklist up in heaven and say, yep, he made church today. It was so I could get and do business with Dr. Jesus. And the Holy Spirit come into my heart and come into my life and examine me and see what's in my, what's in my soul. And he knows what I need and I need to do business with him. Preacher, you keep talking like that, you won't need a building. If I, if I can't preach like that, I don't want a building. I, I'm not here to entertain. I'm not here preaching my guts out three times a Sunday just so somebody can feel good. I want to see changed lives. If, hey, hey, ho, ho, ho. If I wanted to be a motivational speaker, I'd make a whole lot more money than I'm making now. Say amen. It ain't about that. I'm not here to make you feel better about yourself. Make you, if, if your situation is not what it's supposed to be, I want you to be right with God. And I found out this. There's some questions that we can ask ourselves. You see, when you go to the doctor, this is what he's going to say. What seems to be the problem? I'm like, dude, that's why I'm here. I thought you would know that. Amen. What seems to be the problem? And what happens? He starts asking you this. How's your blood pressure? What's your past history? Uh, did you have heart disease in your family? Uh, y'all with me? This is, this, is, this is a simple message, guys. This is going to be really simple, and it's going to make a big impact. He goes 500 questions. He asks you, what's he trying to do? He's trying to find out what the deal is by asking questions. Four questions this morning. I want you to write these down because this will help you. God may not be dealing with you right now, but he may in the future, and now you'll know what to do. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling God dealing with me. What, what is the problem, preacher? What do I do? Number one, here's the question. First question we ask, and this is the most important question. If this question is not taken care of, if this question is not dealt with, none of the rest of the questions matter. Number one, the first question is this, am I saved? Preacher, I'm here for marriage counseling. Well, the first thing we need to do is, are you saved? Because you can't love her until you love him. And unless God is in your heart, you can't love her the way Christ loved the church if Christ ain't in your heart. And you, you can't be what you're supposed to be because the Bible says, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God. And he that knoweth not God or loveth not knoweth not God for God is love. So how are you going to have a good marriage if you can't love her right? Or him. Y'all with me? Well, preacher, I got financial issues. Give me some financial advice. Well, are you saved? That's, that's the first question. Are you saved? Why is that important? I need to know how to make money. I can teach you how to make a million dollars. But if you're not saved and you die and go to hell, where's the million dollars then? Jesus said this. Jesus said this. He said, what is a man gained if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? Preacher, what's the point? The point is this. The first thing you need to know in your life is not who you're going to marry. It's not where you're going to work. It's not where you're going to live. It's not what state you're going to be in. It's not what car you're going to drive. It's not what house you're going to buy. Is it do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Am I saved? 
Because, see, God's not going to talk to you about your sinning first. Because sinners sin. Lost people do lost people stuff. God's not going to talk to you about your adultery first. God's not going to talk to you about fornication first. God's not going to talk to you about lying first. God's not going to talk to you about getting drunk first. God's not going to talk to you about cheating or anything else. The very first thing the Holy Spirit's going to deal with you in your life is your need for Jesus Christ. Am I saved? Am I saved? Preacher, I'm saved. I know I'm saved. I got saved when I was 15 years old. Uh, I, I got saved. I'm, I, I've been saved. I've been baptized. I know without a shadow of a doubt. I know without a shadow of a doubt I'm saved. I know Jesus is my Savior. Uh, but preacher, there's something wrong. There's something going on. What is it, preacher? I know I'm saved. Okay, question number two. Question number two. We've got question number one down. We're saved. And like I said, if you don't have that one, the rest of them don't matter. You need to handle that one today. Before, but listen, before the invitation's over, this is what I want you to do. If God is dealing with you right now, and you know because your heart's about in your throat right now. You thought it was your Adam's apple? It's not. It's your heart pumping right here. Because God's dealing with you. I know. Now, let's, let's let them know that God, those that God's dealing with right now, all the rest of us, let's let them know we know how they feel. Y'all Remember? Y'all remember that day you got saved and you just couldn't take it no more? Dear God, if, if I don't get saved, I, Lord have mercy, I'm going to die. Y'all with me? Get saved. Get saved. We can solve that problem. Get saved today. During the invitation, come forward. Come forward. Get saved. Number two. Number two. If I'm saved and I still got an issue, God still bothered me, the Holy Spirit still convicted me. Number two, am I sinning? Am I sinning? Why is that important? Because Isaiah 59, 1 says this. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. Neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. In other words, God can do it. God can save and God can hear. No question about it. But watch what verse 2 says. But your iniquities, your transgressions or your sins, your iniquities have separated between you and your God. And, read it with me. And your sins, read it with me, and your sins have hid his face from you. Now, here's the key. Here's the key right here. This is going to draw it home. Watch this. That he Did you hear the terminology? You hear how that's read? It didn't say he cannot hear. He Think about that. When we have unconfessed sin in our life, we're saved, we're born again. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about saved people. And we've got an issue in our life that we know God's dealt with, and we won't fix it, we won't confess it, we won't deal with it. He will not hear our prayer. Why? Because God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. 1 John chapter 1. If we say that we have fellowship with him, and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth because God is light and in him is no darkness at all. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with him and the blood of Christ cleanses from all sin. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. So if there's something there, if there's something there, it's blocking fellowship. If there's something there, it's blocking the presence of God in our life. If there is an unconfessed sin, it may be adultery, it may be pornography, it may be a drug addiction, it may be... Un now, now see, we're we looking at all of them and all of us sanctified people who think we, we're better than everybody else because we don't have none of them big sins. Guess what? Gossip is a big sin. 
Let me give you another one that's bigger than that. Pride. Why don't I just hunker down and preach right there a minute? Pride is one of those issues that the Bible says God hates. Pride. We want to look down on the drunkard. We want to look down on the one with issues. We want to look down on those outward sins that we think is big, but we don't want to say nothing about that, that individual that's this gossiping and running their mouth all the time and running people down and self-righteous and judgmental. And, and Y'all with me? But guess what? God says if that's there, I'm not going to hear you. You got a problem with your neighbor? Solve that first and then come talk to me. You just cussed your wife out? You, you, go, you go make that right. You get that right. You apologize. Ladies, you manipulating your husband all the time to get your way? You better fix that first before you go to talk to God. Because if I have sin in my life, in my heart, unconfessed sin, God says, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. And that's a big deal. Why is that so important? Because there's no problem in my life I can solve without the power of God. I've got to have the power of God in my life to solve the issues in my life. And if I don't have the power of God, or excuse me, I don't have the presence of God, I'm not going to have the power of God. And God's presence ain't going to be anywhere around darkness. Does that make sense? I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Here's what you're thinking. Well, I don't know what it is. Well, what if I got a sin preaching? I don't know what it is. Oh, you know. You know, y'all with me? I've received several whoopings in my, in my career. I've been whooped with belts. I've been whooped with water hoses. I, I, I've been built with tree limbs. And I've been whipped with an armchair at one occasion because it was handy. Say amen. <laughs> yes, sir, rocking chair arms. Snatched it right off and applied the Board of Education to the seat of knowledge. And I got a degree. Say Amen. I never got one that I thought, what's he doing? I wonder why he is wearing me out right now. Father, can you help me understand what this situation is about? Y'all with me? Can, can we all be honest there? You know what? When God's making us and he's convicting us about sin, let's, not, let's don't play games with God. We know what it is. We know what it is. Because God's not up in heaven. He's not the author of confusion. If he's making you feel bad, he's already told you why. Because before God will pull out his belt, he will warn you. God speaks with a still, small voice. And if the still, small voice don't work, his belt's pretty good. Y'all with me? And can I help you understand something? This is really good stuff, man. I'm telling you. this is God never never disciplines to punish think about that a minute god never disciplines to punish god's discipline is always for the purpose of restoration some people have this idea that god's up there mad at everybody and he's going to bring judgment and condemnation down on you and, and discipline on you so you can be punished. No, 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 no. That's not God at all. God loves you. God is your father. And he doesn't discipline you to punish you. He disciplines you to get you to come back. It's always been about restoration. Y'all with me? 
restoration. He wants to give you a hug again. He wants to give you a kiss again. He wants to hug you up and love on you and fellowship with you and have a relationship with you. But if you're out there in darkness, he can't do that because he's light. And if he's making you feel bad, he feels bad too. He doesn't want to discipline you, but he's got to get you out of that darkness. He's got to get the darkness out of you so you can have fellowship again. Sometimes we go in life and we're saved as anybody in this, any, any other Christian. But we've got something there that's hindering the, the blessings of God in our life and the fellowship of God in our life. And it's separating us from the presence of God. And let me tell you all something. By experience, and most Christians in here knows, when you're out of the presence of God, that's a lonely feeling. Question number two. Am I sinning? Is there something I need to get right with somebody? Is there, is there something I need to uh, apologize to somebody for? Is there an unconfessed sin? Is there unforgiveness? Is there bitterness? Is there, what's there? Do I need to get something out of my life? Nope, nope, preacher, I, I'm good. My conscience is clear. I've asked God to reveal things in me that's unconfessed. If there's anything that I need to confess and, and make right and forsake in my life, and, and preacher, I'm good. My conscience is clear there. But there's still something missing. There's still Something wrong. Question number three. Okay, you're saved. Okay, there's no unconfessed sin. Number three. Here's a biggie. Here's a biggie. This is probably going to hit most of us in here. Am I surrendered? Am I surrendered? Uh the Bible says this, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to kind of get real with y'all here and, and just unveil some of my life. Uh, you know, sometimes I wonder after I go home and I tell y'all some of the stuff, I tell you, why in God's name y'all keep me is beyond me. I don't know. But it says this in Romans chapter number 12. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Let me read it again. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. Now, what is a sacrifice? It's something that died, got killed, that gave it up, surrendered. You with me? Died and is on the altar. You know what God is saying? That's where I want you. You want me to die? God don't want you to die for him. He wants you to live for him. Now watch, here's the key, here's the key. This is good stuff right here. This is quotable. This is, this is Twitterable, amen? You can't live for him till you die to you. You cannot live for him till you die to you. Till it ceases to be about your desires, your dreams, your wants, your preferences, your opinions, your life. There's so, many, there's so many Christians today that you're the center of your universe. And we're all just participating in it. And you wonder why you're miserable. Let me tell you my story. <laughs> I've told bits and pieces of this before. and Some of it might be familiar to you. But when I was a kid, when I was a kid, uh, my dad was having a camp meeting. It was kind of like a revival service, souped up revival service during the day and, and during the night. And, and, and my dad told us, said, now listen, if you, if you come to camp meeting, you can skip school. Son, that's like awesome. 
I didn't care about Jesus. I didn't care about them preachers. I thought they was all boring, but I was getting out of algebra. Say amen. So here I am. Here I am about three quarters of the way back right there, sitting about in the middle, sitting about in the middle. And there was a missionary come to church by the name of Bob Green. And Bob Green was preaching. He's an awesome missionary. And he's like this tall guy. He's like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, just big guy. He's got long arms. And, and at that point, when you're under conviction, they seem like they're 47 feet long. And he's preaching. He's just going after it. And, you know, I'm goofing off, not paying attention. I'm just glad I'm out of school, you know, and I'm sitting there. For some reason, I, I, I focused in about the same time he made this, this comment. He, he flung that arm out there and pointed at me, and it seemed like that finger went all the way to the tip of my nose. He said, I want that boy to be a missionary. And I'm like, oh, what? No. Hey, hey, ho, 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 ho. Point that thing somewhere else. Amen. I don't want to be no missionary. I grew up a preacher's kid, man. I saw them people. Most missionaries were weird, man. If you're a missionary, no offense. Amen. But most of the ones, I, I, if you've been in church a long time, you know what I'm telling you about. Them people are weird. They got to eat weird stuff, wear weird clothes, man, eat crickets and snakes and all that. Man, I ain't about all that. Jerry, you laughing because you know I'm telling the truth. <laughs> Scared me to death. I don't want to be a missionary, man. I don't want to go to Zimbabwe. I don't even know why I focused on the country of Zimbabwe, but it just stuck in my mind. God's going to make me go to Zimbabwe. <laughs> Never been to Zimbabwe. I don't know why, but that one country stuck in my head. Scared me to death. And from that moment, I just had this uneasy feeling. Oh, Lord. Scared to death. But I was stubborn. You know, I know y'all not, but I was stubborn. And I knew God was dealing with me. But I didn't want to be no missionary. And it come time, I was 17 years old by now. It's okay, Lord, if you want me to preach, I'll preach. I'll preach and do anything but be a missionary to Zimbabwe. <laughs> I'll, sir, I'll preach, Lord, if that's what you want me to do. And, and here's what I'm doing. I, 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 I'm giving him everything but. That's not surrender. And I wasn't surrendered. I was scared. Of that. I, I said, Lord, I'll do a little bit of this stuff you want me to do, but I ain't going to do all of it. I ain't going over there. I ain't eating no cricket. Say amen. amen. And I, I went to Bible college. And the whole time I'm at Bible college, the whole time I'm at Bible college, I'm like, God's going to make me be a missionary. Gosh, God's going to make me be a missionary. Maybe by four years when this is over, he'll change his mind. I'm, I, and, and the whole time, I'm not surrendered. Haven't let go. By the end of Bible college, dad calls me and says, man, I want you to come down here and be my assistant. Yes, yes. I don't have to go to Zimbabwe. If I go down here, God will change his mind and I won't have to go. The whole time. I was nervous, anxious, anxious. Every time the preacher would preach, well, I'd get that feeling I'm not where I'm supposed to be. Every time I'd get it, and I was saved, there was no unconfessed sin. The only unconfessed sin was unsurrender. People were getting saved, everything, and I felt like I was going to jail every service because I was not letting go. It didn't work. So I went back to South Carolina. There was this little church that called me. Said, we ain't got no preacher. We just got a handful of people. Would you like to come preach? And I thought this, if I take that church, then I can't go. Isn't it funny how we rationalize with God? 
God can't make me, <laughs> you know. So I go to this church, and I take this church. People getting saved. I mean, we fill it up. It's an old Civil War-type building. Had, had a balcony, had a balcony, filled it up. I mean, people getting saved like crazy. Unbelievable. And I, I, I never could feel at home because I still thought and felt God wanted me to go to Zimbabwe. I was, I was so irritated because I couldn't feel at home. I couldn't feel like I was in the perfect will of God because there was that one area of my life that I had not surrendered. And for three years, God was moving, God was saving, God, but God never let me feel peace. There was a constant nagging and gnawing in my gut that I'm not surrendered fully to the will of God. And at the end of that three years, I just couldn't take it no more. And let me tell you something. If you don't think it wasn't a God thing, what Brother Travis preached last week and what God's telling me to preach this week. Brother Travis said, I didn't want to be a missionary to the homeless. I didn't want to be a missionary, period. I didn't want to, I thought I had all these misconceptions in my head. And my, my thing, and it wasn't necessary. It was I didn't want to let go for many reasons. Fear, doubt. And I got to that point, I said, I can't take this no more. And I said, Lord, I don't care. I don't care. Zimbabwe, Nicaragua, uh, 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 Venezuela, anything. I, I, I could care less. I can't take this anymore. And then all of a sudden, it just. Whoo, the peace of God that passeth all understanding. And you know what? The moment I did that, I didn't care if it was Zimbabwe. It didn't matter where God took me. He could have put me. It didn't matter. And he didn't want me to go to Zimbabwe. He wanted me to go to Alabama. <laughs> you see, he wanted me to be willing. He wanted me to let go and say, you're not in charge anymore, son. I'm in charge. And I wouldn't let him. And God had this waiting the whole time. But you see, I couldn't get here until I got that fixed. Six months of time between Long Branch and here, one of the most miserable times of my life. But I couldn't get to the perfect will of God till I surrendered and laid it on the altar. And now my theme song, Sweet Home Alabama. Somebody say amen right there. Yeah. Turn it up, baby. Amen. Y'all don't know this, but I make day play it all the time in choir practice. You just don't even know it. And I'm in, I'm, I'm at, whoo. Because I said, okay. And some of y'all are so miserable. And it's not because you're not saved. You know Jesus. It's not because you got unconfessed sin in your life. It's you're scared to let go and just do what God's called you to do. Am I Surrender. Number four, and we're done. I'm just tell it to you, and you, you, we can go home. But don't check out on me. Just write it down, and then look at me. Number one, say it back to me. Am I? Number two, am I? Number three, am I? Number four, am I serving? Am I serving? You say, why is that important? 
The Bible says, we, we, we learned this in, in our, uh, matter of fact, we're going to learn it this Wednesday in our Wednesday Bible study. 1 Peter 4.10, as every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. What does that mean? God did not give you the gift he gave you to hoard it up and hold it. God didn't put in me what he put in me when it comes to speaking and encouraging and, and, and that type of thing. He didn't do that just for me. He put that in me to minister to you. Y'all with me? And God didn't give you your gift for you. God gave you your gift to minister to others. Y'all with me? Now, I, I know you don't think this one's important. I know you don't. I, but, but let me tell you something. This is critical that you understand this point. Because in the six-month period of time that I was outside of this arena, I was not at Long Branch, and I was not here. I was in kind of a limbo, not doing what I have been called, commissioned to do, and that is preach the gospel. I'd go to church, and it'd be good services, and I'd be miserable. The very last song that was sung right before preaching time. That was always go time. That's always when my, my knee went to hopping a little bit. If I was sitting there and the choir was singing, because I knew it was fixing to be on. I was fixing to do what I've been called to do. And boy, I'd go to church and, and I, would, I would see it was time to preach. And I was sitting watching somebody else do what I knew God had commissioned me to do. And I'm telling you what is the most miserable time in my life. If I could not preach, I would die. I'm telling you, I would die if I could not exercise what God has put in my soul, in my heart. Man, the, 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 the prophet said it well. He said, I tried to remain silent. I tried to shut my mouth and not say a word. I wasn't going to preach anymore. But there was a fire shut up in my bones. I'm telling you. If you will find the perfect will of God for your life and get involved in the, the area of service that God has called you to and gifted you for, there is nothing in this world like it. Hunting will not fulfill you. Golfing will not fulfill you. Fishing will not fulfill you. The hobbies of this world. Will, now, I'm, I'm all about all of them. Everyone I named, I'm all about it. Say amen. But real, true fulfillment. And satisfaction is only going to come through doing what God's gifted you and called you to do. And all God's people said, Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you right now to move in our midst, to touch those in this place. Lord, to touch those who need to come right now. Lord, we have people at this altar, men and ladies, Lord, with their Bibles in their hands, and when I was preaching the point of, are you saved? Lord, you were screaming in their heart, they need to get saved. Lord, you were dealing with them right now. They need to get saved. They need to step out of their pew right now. As every head's bowed and every eye closed, don't wait. Don't put it off. Don't procrastinate. Lord, there's nobody looking around. There's no one looking around. Just come. Just come. If God is speaking to your heart about salvation, come right now. As the music's playing, step out of your pew. Step forward. Come on. Come on. Come on. Don't, don't wait. Don't wait. Maybe there's, maybe there's an issue in your life that you need God to help you with. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Maybe you need to surrender. Maybe there's an area in your life that you need to surrender and give back to God. Won't you come? Won't you come?
how many, how many, how many Christians sold out will come and, and find a place in this altar so other people will feel comfortable? You'll come, and so they won't feel like they're alone. Maybe they need to get saved, but they're afraid to come and be by themselves. Will you come and pray? Will you come and talk to God so they won't feel alone? That's it. See, you're not alone. You're not alone if you need to come and ask somebody, somebody, you need to get saved. Look, if you'll take somebody by the hand, just look at him. If you're a man, here's a gentleman right here. If you're a lady, there'll be a lady here. Right here. Yes. Yes, come on. Is God dealing with you this morning? Hey, how you doing with your checkup? How you doing with those four questions? How you doing with those four questions? Do you need to be saved? Do you, need to, do you need to get something right? Do you need to get a sin right in your life? Do you need to deal with that? Is there, is there a heart that needs to surrender this morning and let go? Do you need to let go, just give it to God and say, God, your will for my life is what I need. Your will for my life is what I need. I want you in my life. I want to be doing what you've called me to do. Father, in Jesus' name, oh God, be with this invitation. Be with this invitation, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. I pray that you'll touch. I pray that you'll honor. I pray that you'll move in an awesome way. Please save those that need to be saved. I pray that you'll, Lord, move in the hearts of those that need your touch and your anointing. I pray for your mercy. I pray for your kindness. I pray for your touch. Lord, I pray if they need to move, let them move. We're not going to extend or drag out anything, but we want to give everyone an opportunity to trust in you today. God, will thank you for it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. You take all the time you need to pray. You just keep praying. If you need to come for any reason, I want you to come right now. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. People are making decisions. People are making choices. People are getting right with the Lord as we sing, as we sing. Softly and tenderly, the Holy Spirit is calling you today. The Holy Spirit is trying to get your attention and say, hey, let me help you. Let me help you. Let me help you. Won't you come? Won't you come? Yes, amen. Sing on. Sing on. Help us sing. Help us sing. Watching for you and watching for me. Oh, help us. Everybody sing real loud. Come on home. Come home. See, that's what the Holy Spirit's doing. He's saying, come home. Come home. Don't stay out in that darkness any longer. Don't stay out of my will any longer. Don't stay out of my presence any longer. Just come on home. Just come on home. Don't stay in the pig pen. I've got bread in my house. Don't stay without God. Don't stay without mercy. Don't stay without. Come on home. Come on home. Keep on singing. Keep on singing. Keep on singing. Yes, Lord. When Jesus is pleading, he's pleading for you and for me. Why should we linger and heed not his mercies? Mercies for you and for Come home, come home.
is calling. Is he calling you? Is he calling you? Is he asking you one of these questions? Is he dealing with your heart? Don't put it off. Keep on singing. Sing another one. Sing another one.